Hello, Internet. This is Chase Watson, our AK the Red Shirt King, and welcome to another very special edition of the Guess the Lines podcast. The Unicorn Challenge heads into day two. We have seen a day of worlds, and I'm joined by my good friend, Walter Fetchuk. What a day it was, man. It is, it is good to be a Western League of Legends fan. Let me tell you that much. I am I am just like glowing and basking in, in the glory that is Western League of Legend dominance. That other is, than H2K. Uh, well, you know, but that's fine. Like H2K is a team that we all kind of agreed, you know, they're they're in a group with SKT and EDG. We just Does Pain technically count as Western League? Do I, I mean, have to include them? You don't have to. You okay. don't have to include anybody if you don't want okay. to. I can't make you include them, I suppose. <laughs> But uh, poor, poor Payne. We'll get to them. We're going to get to all the uh, all the games that happened today at some point over the course of this podcast. But we're going to start with the group that we're not going to see tomorrow. And that is Group B, the group that started this whole tournament. It started with Fnatic versus Invictus. Walter, what was your first reaction other than I told you so, Chase? I told you so. I told – no, this isn't the one I'm going to say I told you so on. Okay. I'm going to save that for a different one. Okay. Uh, holy – Crap. I can say crap, right? Yeah, you can say crap. Okay. That's fair. Holy crap, Fnatic looks good. Yeah, they do. Holy crap, they look really, really good. I would drop the F-bomb there, but we are now a PG-rated <laughs> show. Uh, I mean, I just, I thought they played phenomenally uh, across the board. Uh, obviously, like, the numbers that stick out to me, uh, Reckless was was the carry, I guess, going 4-0-4, but... Uh, just overall, they they played around what I think was a very bizarre Skarnar jungle from Kakao, about and, and a, and a, a, a ZZ Tai Riven that is like undefeated in LPL. Like they played around it masterfully. Uh, they did make one mistake on the early tur- on the early uh, bot lane turret push, which they left the turret up. Mm-hmm. And the more I look at it, even though it seems like it it was a mistake. That mistake caused ZZ Tai to play so safe and so kind of passive because if if Rainover and Yellowstar, say, came to tower dive him, like, it would have taken Hecarim blowing on the tower and the tower was gone. Like, Riven was playing as if that tower was already dead. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Just because of how low it was. That's the thing. When it's that low, you, you can't leave lane because then you're just giving up the tower and the whole point of it staying up was yay we haven't given them this early game advantage that they were looking for we got away with one but at the same time you can't really use it as any sort of defense because you know it's a couple hits away and then you might as well not have a tower there in the first place it's just such a it was such a weird kind of game i i don't mean to i'm not going to take anything away from fanatic uh i'm just going to have my uh, Invictus fan rant for a moment. Uh, Have the floor. This this was my worst nightmare going into this <laughs> into this whole thing. And it's and it's you know people are going to say like oh well it's fanatic it's a good team you shouldn't be so worried. Well the thing about Invictus is that they are the perfect example of great idea terrible execution. I uh-huh. like Skarner. I like the idea of this nice pick comp and having Riven there. You get the Ash. You know, the Ash arrows coming from far, you've got the Thresh hooks, you've got the Skarner, you know, pulling them in and pulling them away to their death. Like, you have all these different options. And then Invictus said to themselves, hey, let's farm till 20 minutes. That sounds great. And, you know, most of the time against Fnatic, you would say, okay, that's fine. Fnatic's not really known for their early game, but they picked the Elise. 
They picked the Shen, you know, the Shen support, so they had this global pressure at any time. They had the Hecarim, which obviously, you know, you get those, uh, those home guard boots and you just TP from anywhere. Like, this is a team that was playing for the early game. It's like, you know, people were trying to make fun of Fnatic on Twitter saying like, oh, this, this would have been great back on 515. But you know what? That comp works really well when you're a team that doesn't like to play super early game champions just because of your own play style. But you also know that the other team's going to be even worse at playing the late game, I mean, at the early game, and go take advantage of that. I mean, it was, it was just so exploitable. Not the picks, but the way that Invictus played it. And that has me very worried. Because if Kakao is going to be that passive, that he only uses his ult once, all game. He did 888 damage to champions, people. This was a 30-minute game. He did less than 1,000 damage as a Skarner. How do you even do that? Like, I, you can't, you can't play that passively. You will get destroyed. Even, you know, as bad as AHQ was today, like, AHQ will shore up a couple of those issues. They're going to play some harsh early games. You can't let teams do that. Hell, you can't let Cloud9 do that, apparently. So, I, I think, I think IG could have very easily achieved what they were attempting to achieve with the Skarnar by picking Evelyn. Like, I, I don't understand. I, I get that they played the Skarnar because they ended up playing games on 5.16, and mm-hmm. I can understand some of the thought process behind it. You forcing the Azir basically to go a, a, a third item uh, QSS on top of a cleanse. Like, I get some of the mindset behind why you want to play the champion, but you can't, like, you can't pick it in the, the first rotation at all. Like you can't you can't pick it in your first rotation because if Vayne hadn't been banned, like I would have just had Reckless would have just played Vayne, and good luck ever getting Skarnar on top of Vayne. Like instead they just played Sivir, and if at any point uh, Reckless had felt like felt like he was in trouble, it's just alt. I, I'm just gonna alt away from you. Like I didn't I I just didn't understand the Skarnar pick and why Evelyn wouldn't have been better. Yeah, you gave away that this was gonna be a pick comp. Which allowed the Shen, you know, he comes in, he gives that extra shield, keeps people alive. The Sivir with the ult, you have, you know, the Azir with his mobility, the Hecarim with his mobility. You just, you telegraphed your play style so much ahead of time by taking Skarner in that first rotation. But at the same time, it's not like they executed it well. It's not like they were going yeah. for these picks and Fnatic was having to freak out about these things. It was more <laughs> just that Fnatic was able to roam wherever they wanted and they knew they never had to worry about it when Invictus finally got their act together. And there was a time, there was a time about the, you know, the 9 to 10 minute mark where I said to myself, you know, if Invictus takes a fight now, they can still salvage this. And they just wouldn't do it. And if you're not going to pull the trigger then in a game, you know, that a lot of people are watching to see who's going to win this group. A lot of people are saying, you know, it can Invictus be the kind of team that could surprise some people and maybe even win this whole thing. I've heard that buzz. You can't play like that. Fnatic is way too good for that. And and again, shout out to Fnatic. They won this game. You know, this wasn't Invictus throwing it. This was Fnatic winning. But they and Fnatic played to the composition that they built. And they built the perfect composition for what they needed to counter that Invictus did. But Invictus didn't even play the competi- uh, composition they built the way it needed to be played. So it's it's just it's just hard. It's just hard to look at that loss and say, well, at least it was a good loss because Fnatic played super well. No, Fnatic played super well and it was a bad loss. 
Yeah. And that's really worrying going forward. I, I think with as well as Fnatic played, they leapfrog IG in terms of favorites to win worlds. I think they're now that like if you're doing a power ranking, I think they're fourth now. Behind yeah. behind SKT and uh and L G D and E D G. Like I think Fnatic is fourth. Without like obviously we haven't seen uh KT or well, LG would be LGD would be above them. We haven't seen KT play, mm-hmm. um, but even with like as well as Ku played, which we'll get to them later. I I still think Fnatic, Ku has kind of similar problems. Like kind of has some same mirrors the problems that uh, that IG has in in some fashion. So I I just think Fnatic has played super super clean and uh, throughout the entire season and even even like the losses against Orion in the finals like they were still like really really clean games it was just Orion was had stepped up to play against them so uh i i would i don't know i really like Fnatic's chances on on getting into into the semifinals after one game you know it's not it, it'll depend on draws obviously and obviously there's way more games that need to be played <laughs> but it's in play now Fnatic getting to the semifinals is definitely in play in a way that it wouldn't have been had they come out with a much weaker game against Invictus. You know, if this was, you know, Invictus not playing all that well and Fnatic still had to, you know, squeeze out a victory or if, you know, Invictus had come back or done any of these kinds of things, then we'd have to have some more questions around Fnatic. But this was very definitive. We know who Fnatic is. They are scary. They're going to be fun to watch going forward. And how far they go is a fun question that's going to be, you know, that we can't wait to watch and see. I have some more questions about this Cloud9 AHQ game. <laughs> Speaking of teams that didn't need to squeak out, squeeze out a victory here. Did they just walk up there and kill the LMS's dreams? Just walk right up to them. I can't. Can, can you talk to me? Like, like, how, how did we get here? How did we get uh... to Cloud9 being this dominant <laughs> They were losing at the 15-minute mark, and it was over by 24. Uh, I mean, Tristana. <laughs> Tristana is probably going to be the most powerful champion in, at Worlds. Mm-hmm. Just from watching, just from watching today. Obviously, like Lulu is probably the the S tier, like S plus tier. Like if Lulu's available, you pick her no matter what, just because of how versatile she is mm-hmm. and you, even kind of the same thing with gangplay because you can play him top and mid but tristana gives you just this fast tower pushing style that just i mean we we saw wave clear in in other games where the tristana was like their only form of uh of wave clear especially like the clg game uh with with kramer it was just you know clearing clearing waves mm-hmm. uh just very easily just with the with the satchel charge and they were you know they were winning and losing and bouncing back and forth but i i think tristana is going to be one of those almost first pick worthy you know if, if the if the gangplanks and the lulus are banned and elise who i think is really strong just because that's the style of jungler that always props up at worlds mm-hmm. i think tristana is is first pick worthy um, especially on someone who is as good as Sneaky, and Sneaky is arguably the best mechanical player in North America. You can argue Double Lift, you can argue Bjergsen, but just straight up one-on-one mechanic, Sneaky might be the best mechanical player in the LCS. He's certainly playing that way today. I mean, that was 
one of those things where people who had, you know, followed Sneaky his whole career were saying things like, man, you know, he can look that way when he's at his best, but it's been so long since he's been there. And, you know, Balls has been looking so bad recently and just none of it mattered. And it it started with a very Cloud9 style approach, right? You know, AHQ would go for one tower, so Cloud9 would take a tower and a dragon. And they just, you know, it's this objective trading that they've become so known for in their victories. But when you have a turret pusher like Tristana or like Jinx, who I think is another AD carry pick that's going to be very highly contested for the same kind of reasons. There's that ability yeah. to just siege towers and just, you know, take advantages once, you know, keep pushing after you get that objective and kind of snowball that game. I mean, they just snowballed out of control. I, I mean, sneak, wherever Sneaky was, it wasn't one tower, it was two towers and then some damage on the third. And AHQ just couldn't adapt and couldn't respond and it was you know as and you know someone who has a lot of respect for the lms region it was very worrying to see that i think a lot of it came down to mountain having one of the worst rengar performances that i've seen happen at a world stage i mean that was i mean zyrene had the tweet of the day with the uh yeah i remember my first rengar game i understand you know it's that's just brutal right there but it felt that way and it and it shouldn't have felt that way with a team that's supposed to be so gank-heavy. But I, I want to give all the credit in the world to Cloud9 there because I think what really made this work, it wasn't locking down Westor, which is how I thought they were going to try to attack this. Um, what they did is they made sure that Sneaky was constantly pressuring that bot lane and yeah. forcing Albus to stay there. And if you don't watch a lot of LMS, Albus is a roaming support. He does not feel very comfortable staying in lane. And so they weren't getting the roams they wanted to, which meant not only was Mountain having to try to make plays on his own, which was not a good idea, apparently, which is not something we could trust, but, you know, Ziv didn't have much help, so he wasn't able to get the Darius going the way he wanted. Westor was having to make plays entirely on his own, and he made a couple, but he couldn't do it consistently enough. And that, to me, is a big concern for AHQ moving forward, is just, you know, how easy it was for Cloud9 to say, oh, well... Here's our 2v2 bot lane. We're going to force you to stay here and deal with it. And by the way, you can't deal with it. If you're playing against uh, Cloud9, you ban Morgana. Yeah. I think you have to ban Morgana. I, yeah, Lemon can play Braum, but like I would, I would rather give Balls Gangplank or Darius than let Lemon Nation play on a champion that he has played in every single Worlds. Like, just straight up across the bat, he's played Morgana in Season 3, Season 4, and now in Season 5. It's the one champion that he feels the most confident on and most comfortable on and allows him to make plays while roaming around, while making mistakes. Like, he can still he can make mistakes while he's on Morgana, and he'll just black shield himself and walk away clean. I feel like it's almost a must-ban against them just to get Lemon Nation off his comfort. Because as much as he's improved since Season 3, where it was a joke, like, everyone joked about how he was terrible mechanically and he was literally just there to be a brain, as much as he's gotten better, he is still not, you know, at the same level as, as you know, a gorilla, an mm-hmm. Afromu, a, a Lust Boy, like, some mm-hmm. of these world-class supports. So I almost think that you need to just... just Throw the one bat at the Morgana. If you let, don't let Lulu through, but if you let one of the other things through that Balls plays, like I would, from what I've seen from from him on Gangplank, and then the Darius as I saw today, I 
I'm not sure I'm scared of Darius anymore. I, I feel like there's some pretty pretty easy ways to counter him. Um, but what really surprised me was that was the focus that they had on the mid lane. Like I get Vigar is kind is a really really squishy target, and you're playing Fizz into it. But I'm really surprised they didn't just send West Door and Mountain top you know at, at Gangplank like five or six times. Like we're all joking about how bad Balls is. Balls only died once. Yeah. And he wasn't ga- like he wasn't ganked at all. It was so that's, a weird plan. That that's like he got soloed by by Westor under uh, bot lane inner tower, yeah. like on a split push. Which ha ha ha, like okay, that's that's stupid. Like how are you dying under tower? But like again, there was there the big the big difference here is there is one assist for AHQ off of two kills. On nine kills, you have ten, twenty one. Almost 30 assists mm-hmm. on nine kills for Cloud9. Like, that to me is a huge, huge difference maker right there. Yeah, no, I, I think that's absolutely fair. And I think that, you know, if you're AHQ, you look at this and you say, well, we thought for sure they were going to come after Westor because that's how everyone in the LMS plays, especially when he's on his Fizz, which is almost permaband in the LMS. So they just, you know, they assumed like well, Cloud9 must have done their research. Obviously, they're going to play this way. And Cloud9 says, oh, you think we're going to play this way? Oh, well, we'll just put all our focus in the bot lane and just have Sneaky just take all this stuff. And oh, by the way, Vigar scales insanely. So, you know, good luck dealing with that. It was it was a very interesting game. I I don't know if Cloud9's going to be able to pull it off against Fnatic and Invictus. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see if they could do it again. But as far as I'm concerned, they are already winners at this tournament just because they... They have blown away any expectation that people like me had of them going into this tournament. I thought they were going 0-6 in this group. I, 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 mean, I genuinely did. I mean, according to Incarnation via uh, Daily Dot, mm-hmm. uh, they, they think it's them and Fnatic that are getting out of groups. You know so. what? After, after today, I'm not sure I argue it. I, I can argue it right now, not until Invictus proves they can play. Yeah. And, and Invictus has a lot of soul-searching to do after today's games. We've got to move on. Uh, yes. Let's talk about the Unicorn Challenge. Day one, wrapped up. Uh, great for one of us. One of us had a great day. Uh, and it was not me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Walter, can, can you please explain to me? Uh, well, tell the people at home, what, what were your bets? And why are you so much smarter than me at this? Your faith in the LMS is your weakness. Oh... Uh... It, it really was my weakness, though. Oh, <laughs> uh, in, in all honesty, I feel really bad that that you went zero and three because you bet on the LMS, and I didn't. I bet against the LMS. Uh, my bets were, uh, I bet uh, twenty on Fnatic, ten on CLG, and and five on Cloud Nine. I'm. I need to. Uh, I'm betting small just so I can kind of get the feel of of what the teams are doing, and uh, you know, probably the you know, probably around the third game, I'll start bringing it up so I can kind of expand on this lead. Uh, I just thought it was interesting that we bet on the exact same games. Yeah, and I bet against you in every single one of those games, and every single time it went the other way, which Twitter was having a field day with. If you're following us on Twitter, uh, congratulations! I deserve all the crap I get for believing in the LMS here. <laughs> See, I, I had a much different betting strategy. I went 35 on Flash Wolves, 25 on AHQ, and 50 on Invictus. My theory being that if any one of them paid off uh, based on the odds, it would basically justify having lost 
on the other two, worst case scenario. Uh, that obviously did not pan out for me. And, and how I, much of a lead does that grant me, Mr. Chase? Well, you were at 1,031.35 as of right now, which honestly, my saving grace is that you did not bet a lot and you bet mostly on favorites. Uh, CLG was a pretty heavy favorite, so you got yeah. all, you didn't get a lot from that bet. I got a lot from the Fnatic push. The Fnatic, yeah, you had that was a pretty sizable. That was seventeen there, and and CLG. I mean, Clan on you more than doubled your bet. So these were all nice. But had you bet bigger, I would be in a ton of trouble. Uh, meanwhile, had I bet bigger, they would have lost. Uh, well, well, then it would have been great for me. So clearly, that's how you should have done it. Uh, I am at eight hundred ninety after betting all of this, uh, and now I'm having to decide um, whether I want to go big tomorrow and try to make it all back up because regression to the mean says that it's going to tip my way eventually, right? That's that's how that works, stats people. I can I can feel them cringing right now as I say those <laughs> words in that order. Um, but I don't know. We'll have to see how that goes. But meanwhile, this is looking very good for uh, for your charity, which if you guys uh, remember from our episode yesterday, uh, the fine folks at Unicorn are giving $100 to the charity of our choice. Walter, what is your charity that's winning right now? Uh, to write love on her arms. Yeah, and, which is? <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's a suicide prevention and, and mental health uh advocacy group essentially yeah so that's so it's a great cause that's winning right now so i can't be too mad but i am a little mad and not just because i love the fine folks at nothing but nets who are a charity group that gives money to help families in africa uh, who don't have a lot of money to you know afford immunizations or whatever else by giving them these nets to keep mosquitoes away and hopefully prevent malaria through this kind of system um it's a great charity i i recommend it to people you know 10 bucks is enough for a whole family, which is really cool. So those are our charities, and we're really happy we could talk about them with you guys, and we're very excited to do this whole Unicorn Challenge. It's been a ton of fun already. So it's time for the Guest Alliance portion of this podcast. I am up 1-0 right now, thanks to uh, my win yesterday. And we start today with the group that we didn't see yesterday. That is Group D, and it starts with KT versus TSM. Walter, you are the TSM fan. I'm going to let you take the floor here for a moment. Oh, God. You have seen these what? Western teams. Ugh. Western teams have surprised everyone so far. How, do, how does TSM surprise everyone tomorrow? TSM surprises everyone by surprising no one. They're <laughs> going to play mid-centric. Mm-hmm. And they're going to say, screw this whole juggernaut thing. Dyrus, you're, you're playing your normal play style. We're going to try and get Bjergsen on, uh, on some, something that he can carry it with, probably Azir. And uh, we're going to get Wild Turtle on Tristana. And KT Rolster, come get us. You know, that's fair. Ta-da. <laughs> like, honestly, the way that today played out, the, like the champion and kind of the play styles, it, it kind of, like, none of the other than, other than uh, Marin going absolutely bonkers on Fiora, like... They kind of everyone kind of all played like mid centric with like a sieging eighty carry, like the teams that won. I just I, I don't know. It's an interesting. I don't know. It's an interesting position for KT Rolster because they're a team that, as we talked about in some of our previews here on the Lesson Legends, it, they're a team that really, really needs that strong early game. They have a seventy three percent win rate when they get first blood. It drops to 33% when they don't. That's really not great. Um, 
that's one of those things where against a team like TSM, you know, a Bjergsen, you know, gets a gank from Santorin and, you know, or, you know, Wild Turtle just goes ham and jumps in, uh, you know, on a jungler that's not expecting it. It's possible for to throw KT Rolster off their game. The problem is for TSM that they've got to deal with someday in the top lane, who may be the best top laner in the world right now. You've got to deal with Pickaboo at support, who has developed into one of the best roaming supports in the game right now. And Nagne is no slouch. You know, this is a guy that kind of gets underestimated. And I was worried, you know, based on the nerfs of Victor and Azir, that if things had kind of, you know, if things moved away from that direction, Nagne would be in a lot of trouble. This is still his champion pool. Azir and, and Victor are very much alive and well in this meta, despite all the nerfs that Riot have tried to throw at them. So, realistically, Walter, how does how does TSM pull together this early game? What's your, your perfect best-case scenario? You know, who do you get Santorin on? Where do you try to gank? Where, what At what point do you try to attack this KT role? You, you play exactly like Fnatic did. Maybe not with a Hecarim top lane, but that same play style of... of uh, being aggressive in the mid lane with the Azir, poking off Victor, because I think those are going to be the two champions that are going to be played, Victor and Azir. Mm-hmm. And I really think Azir should go to fa- go to Faker, no, Bjergsen. <laughs> um, I really think they want to get him on that. And Tristana. I honestly think that the Tr- the Tristana is going to be the huge key for the Western teams because it allows them to put so much pressure onto towers. And it allows them to start – if you can get two towers and start snowballing that – like snowballing that that map control mm-hmm. and pushing these these Chinese and these Korean teams back into their inner towers, I think that helps you. It opens up the map. It allows you to do a lot more. It allows you to roam around quite a bit. Uh, they, they said on the broadcast, SKT focuses on getting down the mid tower because then you can get – you can get you know multiple ways in from anywhere. Like, you have complete access to their entire jungle. And I think that the Western teams have to play with that same similar style, and I think that revolves around getting Bjergsen ahead, getting him on a really strong champion that he can solo carry with, and supplementing him with a a sieging AD carry, so a Jinx or a Tristan, or even a Caitlyn, I think. I think Caitlyn should be the third AD carry that teams are going to, not Kalista, not Vayne, uh, if you want that kind of sieging composition. Hmm. And... And you go from there. I think it really it comes down to you just have to siege if you're TSM. You set up, you get Tristana, and you siege. Whether it's uh, putting Saitor on on uh, Elise or I think Nidalee. I think those are the two champions that you would want to keep Santorin on and, and mm-hmm. just try and go something tanky top lane. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I first of all, I would love to see Caitlyn come back in competitive play. I think it's been too long since we've seen her. She is overdue for a return, as far as I'm concerned. But I I do think that it is in play for for TSM just because, you know, if you were going to say like, well, how, what's the best way to use wild turtle? Oh, well you put him on jinx. You let his rockets do his thing. You hope he gets excited with a couple kills and then wild turtle just does wild turtle things. And it works out somehow despite all the, you know, the Twitter analysts freaking out about it. This is in play in this particular kind of meta. Now that's and and especially when you're looking at arrow, who's not a particularly threatening AD carry. I think it's even more in play than it would be against maybe some other opponents within this group. On the other hand, Wild Turtle has not played like that guy very recently. Santorin has not looked like the solo queue, nidalee, hard carry guy that we have seen pop up in clips time and again. 
he just hasn't translated that way on the world stage. Whereas with Score, I think it's he's so predictable and reliable. I think that adds something there. And, and it will be interesting to see, you know, if anyone's going to try to recreate that Marin Fiora game, it's going to be someday. And I would not be surprised if they just lock in that Fiora on him and just give him as much resources as they can and just let him kind of carry it out. It's going to be very fun to watch. I now have a lot more faith in the West to maybe pull off some of these upsets than I did before today. But Walter, all of that said, where do you think the line is for this game? KT minus 250. Okay, I get this one. I said KT minus 300. It is KT minus 385. That's disrespectful. It's incredibly disrespectful. That is, that is really disrespectful. That, that's um, plus two sixty for TSM right there. That those are those are pretty nice odds for what I for what I would consider a meta to be in their favor. But like you said, the one the one kink in that pa- plan is is someday. And what does he get his hands on? And are mm-hmm. you able to uh, corral that? Maybe you trick him into going on Darius. I, 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 which is crazy to say, given how much uh, you're TSM, TSM is red side. TSM is red side, so they're automatically going to have to ban Lulu and Mordekaiser. Yeah. So they get one ban, essentially. I got to be and, honest. I hope someone lets Mordekaiser through. And, and if, if, if I'm KT Rollster, mm-hmm. I don't ban Darius, I don't ban Gangplank, I don't ban Fewer, and I don't ban Riven, and I say, you know, come at us. Yeah. And you're going to give us at least one of them. So... We'll see if Dyrus has enough in the tank to hold off someday in this kind of game. It's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting one. Meanwhile, we've got LGD versus Origin. LGD, obviously, a team that we put in that conversation of potentially can win this whole tournament. Origin, a team that now looks a lot better than they could have, given how strong Fnatic looked. You know, now bringing that Fnatic team to five games seems like a pretty nice accomplishment. And a, and a good testament as to their overall strength. When you look at this matchup, uh, again, I'm going to let you be the defender of the West here. What do you think Origin tries to do to throw LGD off its game? Um, <laughs> That's such a genuine just like, oh. Pray to God Imp gets sick. Yeah. I th- this This is tough because... I think the way to go after Orion is to go at Imp directly. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, Niels, I, if this was Reckless, maybe. Because mm-hmm. I, I, even though I think Niels is an extremely talented AD carry, I think he's, he's not experienced enough to put all your eggs in his basket. So... If I, if I can't go with Niels and I can't just go right at Imp, it's going to have to revolve around Amazing getting one lane going in, in some way. So as, so as can be, you know, he could be the highest high and sometimes he can be, you know, down in the ditch and you're, you don't know what Soaz is going to show up. We know what Peck, we know what Xpeke is going to show up. He's very kind of even, even keel. He'll probably play Vladimir or Varus, mm-hmm. even though they're out of meta, like... Whatever. So it, it's going to come down to amazing. It's going to come down to amazing proving that he is a better jungler than TBQ, which is going to be very difficult. And it's going to come down to uh, uh, Orion basically playing out of their minds in order to get a win off of off of LGD. I, I don't think it's possible. 
I really don't think it's possible unless LGD, unless this, there's something weird in the water in Paris where all the Eastern teams, like, they don't like eating baguettes, and that's all there is for breakfast, so they're, like, playing hungry. You know, that that's an interesting theory. I haven't heard that one come up yet. Um, I think we should really be looking into that. We should um, get some journalists um, journalists to follow up on those rumors. I, uh, I think that it's, with LGD, uh, you're absolutely right in that attacking TBQ with Amazing is basically your only shot. I am less high on Soaz than a lot of people, but even when you give Soaz the, you know, as much credit as you want to give him, he's not Acorn. You can give Niels as much credit as you want to give him. He's not Imp. You can give Mithy as much credit. He's not PYL. PYL, Imp, Acorn, these are all guys in the top three, if not the best, at their position. Godvi might be a top three mid laner. This is so hard because to win this game, it's not about beating any one individual player because you really can't. There isn't much of a weakness other than maybe TBQ of a single individual to attack and try to throw off the game and whatever. LGD can carry from, you know, three different positions. Yeah. It makes them so difficult to lock down because, okay, sure, maybe you keep Godvi down who – I'm crossing fingers that the teleport Diana still – acceptable. I would love to see his Teleport Diana get huge world's level viewership because it is so much fun to watch. But whatever you he know, ends up doing, what, what, what you were going to say. You know what I really don't want to see? What don't you want to see? I really don't want to see Xpeke on Azir, Victor. I have a feeling Xpeke is going to be on Azir. I, oh god. Oh, please don't. Because he's going to be very nervous about this aggressive. He's going to go for a safe uh, mid laner. They're, they're on the red Play Vladimir. side. Play Vladimir. He played a very good Vladimir, and Vladimir is probably as safe as as Azir is in lane. Like, look, I'd love to see it. I'm not going to argue with you on it. I think the the Vladimir would be fun, and I think it would I, I be don't want to see him on Azir. I just I, I get this feeling like they're they're going to want to play something. They're they're not going to want to try to out aggress. Uh, if that's a word, <laughs> to, to, to just, you know, go harder than uh, Godvi is going to go. He's going to, uh, it, there's already going to be enough aggression there. They're going to want something that, you know, that he can get his farm, he can get his wave clear, you can lock all these things up. And right now you do that through Victor or Azir. Maybe, maybe Oriana. I would be happier on the Oriana. I think that's, that is a very acceptable pick that maybe they could default to instead. But, I could also see Xpeke saying, oh, man, these people don't believe in my Azir. Well, I'll show them and oh. then just locking it in anyway. So uh, all of this said, and, and you know, or, Origin fans, uh, I, I'm sorry. It's just that LGD is just – I mean, they're oh, LGD. Yeah. Where do you think the line is on this game? Well, if TSM KT is minus 380-something uh-huh. – I got to go minus 400 LGD. Okay, so we're going to split this. Okay. Because I said minus 400 as well. See, this is the part that I find fascinating. Because I would have totally flipped the odds for these two games. LGD is minus 263. All right. So, guys, <laughs> listen. You're giving OG – you're giving Orient a little bit too much credit and TSM not enough. Let you – you guys kind of have to move those slightly, like, towards each other. Like, 
honestly, both of those should probably be dead even minus 300. Like, in all honesty. I... should be right both minus 300. First of all, I think LGD is more than minus 300. But second of all, it's, just, <laughs> it's amazing to me. It's this whole – like, it basically, the whole theory behind it is, well, Korea looked really great today. So Korean odds are going up. Oh, look, Europe looked very good today. Well, then European odds, we're, we're going to give them more credit than where credit is due. And, hey, Invictus didn't look so great, so maybe LGD won't shine as well on the stage than people are predicting them to. And, and, and sure, that's always in play. We haven't seen LGD on this kind of meta. They were the one team from China who didn't play in that 516 regionals because they'd already gotten their spot. So who knows how they're playing right now? Maybe there are some big glaring flaws that we're not knowing, but I I don't think you give Origin this much credit just because Fnatic had a great game against an Invictus team that's always been up and down. I, I, I think it's I think it's some legacy credit for Peke and uh and Soaz in all honesty. It, I think and, that's what they're getting. Yeah, and Mythy too, by the way. Uh the Lemon Dogs were a team that went to Worlds. We should, I'm we sorry, should remember does, this. Does does Mythy have a world championship under his belt? Nope. Sit down. I you know I'm not sure I would count that world <laughs> season one world championship on the same level. But I, let's uh, let's move on into Group C because we've got it's a, still a ring, baby. It's it is still a ring that you cannot take that it's away still from a them. Ring. They're they're when it, they're in the Hall of Fame one day, it's going to say <laughs> fanatic world champions, and no one can change that. That's all that <laughs> nope. matters. Uh, we're gonna, let's talk about the Group C games before we get into the Group C odds. So obviously uh, we start with SKT versus H2K today. Was there anything, Walter, about this game that surprised you? Um, you know, obviously we already mentioned how Marin just went, you know, insanely godlike on this Fiora, but was there anything that really uh, took you aback as far as what you Faker were expecting? Faker looked mediocre. Like, comparatively to what we expect from Faker, like, he didn't really do anything. Yeah. He didn't have, like, any, like, stereotypical Faker plays. Like, he- it was just very, like, subdued. Like, I'm playing Azir. I'm, you know, doing what I do, and I'm going to let Marin and I'm going to let Bang on Tristana carry, and that's it. it like, his entire job was just to peel for Tristana. Mm-hmm. It so. really did feel like he was trying hard in the early game to get a solo kill on Ryu. You know, yeah. he just felt like, oh, well, I'm Faker. I'm the best in the world. Uh, this is Ryu. He's nowhere near the level where he was the last time I saw him, so I'm just going to exert my will upon this dude. And, and shout out to Ryu here. I was impressed by how well he played that LeBlanc. Just because this is Faker's champion. If anyone should know how to counter a LeBlanc, it's Faker. And he just kept pulling out these really nice escapes. He kept yeah. finding ways to make plays and then get out alive. And, you know, I shout out to Ryu for that. I didn't think he could do it. And you know who else I didn't think was going to be able to do any of the stuff that he did today? Lulex didn't look all that bad. Like he didn't look good. But he, he was uh, getting some bodies. Yeah, he, like comparatively, like he, he got some okay. kills. He was he was part. He was a big part of the reason why they were able to lock down Faker. His ganks were on point. Uh, you know, you, they didn't win this game. You know, obviously, it didn't end up well. But in the early game, I mean, at the at the fifteen minute mark, H two K was winning this game. And then, of course, SKT said, "Oh wait, we have this crazy bot lane, and we have much better vision." And we're just going to win now. Um, and they did. And it worked out quite well for them when they finally got to force that 5v5 fight. Mostly on the back of H2K completely overextending. And Marin pulling off that incredible uh, you know, 
triple kill uh, in that dragon pit there. But this <laughs> was this was an early game that went H2K's way, and it went H2K's way because Lulex did what they needed him to do, and Ryu did more than they, we thought he was going to be able to do. And Oduwamne, he actually kind of underwhelmed me a little bit. I, his teleport was good, but other than that, I thought he was... Uh, I- he was, he, was in a, he, was in a lo- he was in a losing situation. Like, yeah. I, it just there's no way that you're gonna play that well. It, it, and it was rough. he just got focused really hard. Um, the, I mean, the first picking Nar on the first rotation I thought was weird. Nar Nar Gragas on this patch just seems like so blah. Like it's like, like ugh. Like Nar's a great super ugh. safe. I don't you know. We already banned out all the other hard carry top laners, so we're just going to pick this one. Like, and, I, I and get the theory. You forgot, like, Riven and Fiora. Yeah, like, well, it, well, that's why the thing. Like, Riven? The, the fun part about Nar is that you could pick it at any time because yeah. it's not going to change anything for you. If you're doing it to have a kind of safe landing phase against these hard carries, well, then take it after you know the hard carry's coming in. Like, who knows? Maybe SKT is like, oh, well, they're going to clearly go for a hard carry, so we have to... Go for some counter thing. They just played their hand so early on. Like, you could have gone Braum Gragas in that first rotation, and you would have given away nothing. Yeah. And you would have made SKT have to pick these things, and then you could have counterpicked the Fiora with whatever you had planned for that. It just... Like, Oduwamne is your star. Let him be your star. And and even if his counterpick is Gnar to it, like, fine. But you don't, like, you don't expose the Gnar and, like, let them build the rest of the composition around it. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's just, uh, they're, they're pick band fate. Like, they play, they played their comp about as well as they could have. Lolex did do some good stuff earlier, like, early in the game when they were ahead. Uh, you know, up until, like, 15 minutes. Like, they were playing pretty well with what they had. But just, their comp was built to fail into what SKT had. And let's be clear, even if they pick the perfect comp, they probably lose this game. SKT is really, really good at League of Legends. Oh, oh yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, I mean, Bang, absolutely. Bang was out of his mind today. Bangy made some great escapes for all the criticism I've given him over the last couple of weeks. He looked really good today, uh, and Marin was a god. And, you know, when all these things come together, you know, this team is really, really good, even when Faker's not having a great game. And I yeah. don't think Faker's going to be kept down like that throughout this entire tournament. Uh, he might have underestimated his opponents today. I don't think he'll make that mistake again, especially because he's going to be hearing a lot of people like us saying these kinds of things about him. And that tends to be when he uh, he has his best games. Uh, the last one we get to talk about is uh, EDG versus BKT. Uh, we don't need to say much about this game. Is, is there anything you want to say about this game? Other than isn't it nice to see Clearlove play Skarner the way that you know you should play Skarner? That's the theater. Congratulations, G4. You got a kill. That is now the highlight of your worlds. Yeah. Uh, you killed Deft, too. Of all the people to kill, that's a, that's a high-quality kill. Okay, here, here's one thing that bugged me. One of the casters mm-hmm. called Deft the best AD carry in the world. Do he's they top, not know Imp exists? He's top two. They've alternated back and forth. It's it's a good argument, honestly, whether Imp has higher highs, which is what we saw the last time we saw him. But Deft has been more consistent throughout all of China. And if you look I, at the I, regular I, season, Deft had a much better regular season. Just as far I'm, as great. I don't know. Play. That seems that. Eh. Eh. I, I agree with you. I, I don't. I don't think. You <laughs> I, I say, just remember hearing that. I and I literally did like the the like you what face like <laughs> what. <laughs> 
it, it is one of those things where like when it, when it's that close and you know it's that close, you can always just say like one of the best. You don't have, you just it's one of it's it's two syllables and it cleans up your whole argument. I promise you. Uh, this was rough. Uh, Warlock is really bad. I, I I told you guys this yesterday, but uh, but yeah, it turns out he's still really bad. He missed a couple twisted advances, the flash twisted advance uh, at the head in his first gank, where he just hits the minion. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, okay, so uh, EDG's got this within 20 minutes. And in fact, as soon as the surrender vote was possible, uh, BKT did that. So, I mean, is there is there any reason to hope that? The Titans could win a game in this group at this point, given how well they, H2K they, played. Yeah, they they showed me nothing that like if H2K came out and looked like they were just here to have a vacation, like maybe, but no, H2K H2K looked like they really were trying and wanted to beat SKT, and mm-hmm. the, I I mean Titans had the same exact. I, I'm not saying the Titans are here just to have a vacation, but there is an extreme skill difference between the Titans and between. Uh, the the other teams in this group, yeah. uh, there's probably about as big a skill difference between H2K and Titans as there is between H2K and SKT slash EDG. Yeah, like, there's a huge skill difference. It's rough. So. I'm sorry, Thailand. Like I, yeah, yeah, it's 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 nice for you to have a team. I'm glad that you. Guys, I hope you guys are having fun with it. I hope you guys are celebrating G4's kill. Uh, this is going to be a really rough group for you. Uh, but now let's talk about the games that are coming up tomorrow in this group. It starts with the Titans versus SKT. It does not get any easier for them. Minus 1,500 SKT. Okay, I get this one. I said minus – well, actually, hold on. You said minus 1,500? 1,500. So that makes – yeah, I win this one, but just God. barely. I, uh, I said minus 5,000. It is minus 3,333. Eh, okay. So we're wait, yeah, yeah, because you're eighteen hundred, I'm seventeen hundred off. It pretty much. So yeah. very, <laughs> I mean, fair, right? Yeah, fair. It's really hard to to create an odds in which I would have yeah, to bet fair. against SKT in this. H two K versus EDG though. This is where okay. it gets interesting. This one's minus a thousand. Okay, so you and I are going to split this because I also said minus a thousand. God damn it! I'm gonna. I'm going to have you guess. I'm going to tell – no, no. I'm going to say this. Unicorn, my, our friends, our lovely friends who are helping sponsor this, uh, this Unicorn Challenge of ours. When you put out lines like EDG minus 400 against H2K, what I think to myself is that you just want to give people more Unicorns to play with. Like that's my only – reasonable thing I could come to is you're like, look, if they have more coins, they'll, they'll keep betting on things. It'll keep people interested. And, you know, people are going to bet on EDG because it's, they're so clearly the better team here. Like, let's just give them some coins. Right. Wasn't the, wasn't the odds for H2K SKT? Like it was minus 909 and EDG looked insanely good today. I, I I understand. They really they really think that SKT is that much better than EDG. Like, I can't I can't wait to see the EDG SKT odds then. Well, Holy well, crap! Well, we already did. That was the line we just did a second ago. Oh, the, no, oh. SKT EDG. Oh, SKT EDG. Yeah. I can't wait to see those odds because I can't wait to see how much higher SKT is well, than EDG. Well, that's the weird thing, right? Both wow. of these teams had the same line against the Titans, right? EDG yesterday was minus three thousand three hundred thirty three. Today, God. SKT, minus 2,333. Meanwhile, against H2K, like, 
I, I guess the the argument there is that H2K played themselves up into this new odds. Like, this yeah. isn't that EDG is worse, it's that H2K is better, but... I mean, I said a lot of nice things about did H2K, they, and yeah, I don't think they they're any... watch EDG today, then? Like, yeah. EDG looked better than SKT! Yeah, I, and to be fair, EDG was playing a much worse opponent, which makes it a lot easier to look good. But I mean, EDG looked ruthless. I mean, they looked they won in twenty minutes. SKT took what twenty five. Again, though, better opponent. It's it's not. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to take that line of I'm, thinking too just, too much to its saying, conclusion. Like, but yes, yeah, no, I don't think there's a. I don't think there's anything right now that says yes. H two K is that much better than we thought they were yesterday. Um, they, they did fine in the early game. They had no team fighting. They had no ability to coordinate with these things, and EDG is one of the best team fighting teams. I mean, like... their composition wasn't great for team fighting as it was. No. It, no. Wasn't, it wasn't very well put together. Like It's clear love versus Lulex. Guys, it's clear love versus Lulex, and you have minus 400. I might is put, clear like... love just going to keep... Like, are they just going to keep picking Skarnar to sandbag? I'd just be like, nah, Clear Love is just going to keep playing this terrible champion because he's really good at it. I gotta be honest, I might put 100 Unicorns on, on uh, Edward Gaming just because it's like, it's such a guaranteed win and it will claw back all of this money I lost yesterday. So it's, is... my, it's my grand theory because if you're going to just give them away, Unicorn, I mean, thank you. Fine, I'll do the same thing then. Like, yeah, no, that's I'll, put a, problem. I'll put all thousand on EDG then. <laughs> like, we're gonna we're gonna put some limit. Though. We'll talk about it <laughs> after the pod, but it's oh, we're gonna something. I mean, that's insane. That's I a- mean, because some these other ones, like we'll, we'll get to we'll get to the Group A ones, but like, man, some of these, I'm just well. Let's get, let's get to Group A now. Uh, it's it's time to talk about Group A. So the first game of Group A is CLG versus Flash Wolves. I, I want to hear what you have to say before I go on my why Flash Wolves make me so sad inside rant. But y- you go first. Uh, I hate Darius. <laughs> Darius should not be prioritized by any team anymore. Uh, I think that he was brutally exposed today. Not only by you just counterpick it with Nar or Lulu. Like, I... CLG got about as good a comp as you could ask for out of, like, OP champions, and they had trouble against Flash Wolves. And it was just because Carson and Stake just went after Zion Spartan. They went after the weak link in that composition, which is the immobile Darius. And I think that's his big problem, is that if you force the Flash, he is screwed, and you just punish him for four minutes. It is It is insane, just... How differently I feel about Darius after day one than I do right now, you know, before this whole thing started. It really, it it had such little effect on the ultimate end of this game. And, you know, that's fine. I mean, they picked it in the last rotation, right? It's not like they prioritized it. Right. It's not like they went out of their way. But you you would have assumed that having a Lulu that could speed him up would be exactly what you'd want. Having an Elise and an Alistar that could get these knockups so they're stuck in place so Darius can kind of stick but, to him that way. Like, you would have thought this would be the perfect way to go. But he just got destroyed in the lane so, phase. And he got destroyed by Stake, who was the guy that we were... Well, he got destroyed by Carson. He got destroyed by Carson. Stake had some... Stake, Stake was getting three times moves. in the first five minutes and, and evaded all of them. Let's give uh, yes, credit where credit is due. Yeah. Yes. 
he had some nifty moves. Like I'm not gonna lie, but it was it was Carsa constantly coming top after he wasted Flash and just pressuring him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the problem is like this composition is not built for the Lulu to be touching the Darius. Like Darius here, because of how strong his Q is, he's supposed to be acting as a pseudo tank by just running into the enemy team, Q- like queuing and healing himself back up while they're focusing him down like a normal tank. Lulu is Eing and Wing Jinx the entire time, and this is—it's a Juggernaut cop. It's Jugger Jinx, as they kept saying. That's mm-hmm. the entire point of this composition. Is it was protect double lift. At yeah. its core, CLG will play protect the double lift cop. Nine times out of ten, and they were able to finally win because they got a they X Smithy finally started hitting cocoons again. The last like, you know, two team fights hit a couple of nice cocoons, and they're just like, oh wait, Jinx is huge. Let's just end the game. Like we have the second best tower pusher in the entire game. Let's just end the game, and that's what they did. It you know it, it's insane to me just how much Flash Wolf screwed all of this up, and they screwed up from picks and bans. Um, you know, we've been talking about Karza on this podcast for a while now and how excited we were, you know, I was especially to see him in action and see what he can do. And they didn't go with the Lee Sin, which would have been really good. Uh, it's one of his best champions. He, he does some incredible plays with that. They didn't go for the Elise, who is one of his other best champions. They didn't go for an Evelyn. No, no, no. We went for Rek'Sai. We went for this utility, vision, whatever. Okay, well then I guess we're going to go for... You know, uh, a safer kind of mid laner, someone who doesn't have to rely on the hard CC. You know what? Oh, actually, we're going full AP Echo mid lane. Oh, I like that actually. That was cool. It's cool if you build the comp in a way that works. But an Echo is someone who relies on other people being able to bring lockdowns. He has no CC in his kit. He is a squishy assassin that has no way of locking anyone down. You need people to help you lock those enemies down. Get them caught in your stun. There are two of the exact same compositions that are going here. Like that, so, so basically, both compositions were relying on the 80 carry to siege down towers. Uh, CLG was trying to accomplish this by utilizing Lulu's utility to keep Jinx alive, to allow her to poke, and by using the crowd control from Alistar and Elise to, uh, to peel and Darius basically just to tank damage. Right, but Echo has no utility. That's the difference. No, 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 he does. Yeah. Flash Wolves... But- but just by putting down that bubble, he creates a zone. It's just like it's just like a, a Nunu. Like when a Nunu ults, you don't want to be in there. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with Echo uh, with his Echo W. Like the second he throws that down, nobody wants to be in that circle, so it creates a zone. Uh, and what he was trying to do is he was trying to place it in between the tanks and the and the backline. Mm-hmm. So he was trying to put it in between like Darius and Alistar, and then Elise, Lulu, and Jinx, or you know Elise and Darius and the rest of them. And he was trying to just peel two of them into his team so they could focus them down real quick with Tristana and the uh, the the percentage the health damage the percentage health damage that Echo does because of the passive on his W. They were trying to just pe- like shred as much of the health as they could off the tanks and then go in. Like their entire composition was about creating zones of control with Nar being in Mega Nard form with his ult and his W, with Rek'Sai doing slows and pop-ups with Braum with his alt and his peeling and with echo using his w like echo as much as he was full ap wasn't there to be an assassin he was playing it as a utility role to keep tristana safe the problem is with that your windows of opportunity are so much lower than they are when you have an alistar and elise and a lulu oh absolutely so much more hard engaged (laughs) 
there's just so many more opportunities. I mean, at this point, if, if, if you're going to say that it's kind of the same comp, okay, awesome. It's a much more inferior version of the same comp. I mean, oh, you have yeah. Brahms Ultimate, I guess. But it, that's, it's much harder to pull off. It's, it's really – and, and honestly, it basically means either you pick the fight or you lose. You have a 15-second window basically when that nard is up. You know, you're in the, in the mega form and, and you can you know, try to flank somebody and time those things properly and get that ult. If you don't hit that window, you're screwed. And that was the thing about this game. It was you – know, it was flash rolls were up huge. They, made, you know, they grabbed the Baron. At 32 minutes, they're grabbing towers. They're they've got all the way up to the inhibitor tower in all three lanes. CLG at this point has almost nothing to their name, and then they go for this mid lane fight, um, and, and they just grab uh, Kramer, and it's done and game over. Yep. It was one fight. CLG yep. had to win one fight. Flash was when they needed to win three or four of those same kind of fights that got them that first Baron. If they were going to pull this out, that's not how you build a composition. You cannot play that way because you just – you make the difficulty so hard for yourself that it allows teams that were otherwise playing poorly. And CLG did not have a strong game today, but you just kept giving them opportunities to get back in. And eventually Kramer got caught out of position and you know I get that maybe NL really is struggling that much that you need to make that change back to your, to your substitute in this situation. But I, I don't know. That bot lane looked – a lot rougher than it should when Sword Art is the guy that we know him to be. And that's something for the Flash Wolves. I mean, I was thinking they had a chance to get out of this group. You've got to be smarter than that. And maybe they will be. Maybe they can shore up the picks and bans and, and surprise some people going forward. But that was a so, lot, lot, lot to worry me that series. CLG sacrificed um, – I'm just going back and looking at my notes. CLG mm -hmm. kept sacrificing objectives to open up space for Double Lift to farm. Like, Double Lift's farm was, like, god tier. Mm -hmm. uh, let, me just, let me just go back and, and double-check his exact numbers. But, like, there were multiple times where they were losing a dragon, and Double Lift was just getting, you know, an entire, you know, wave and a half of, of golden experience. Yeah, 476 farm Yeah, over the course of a 41-minute game. So let me just do this. This quick. double lift guy is good. Like, I mean, you're not. I think you know. You mentioned this about Sneaky earlier. I still think double lift's the best mechanical player yeah. in North America. But they, I mean, think about how much they had to feed him, just siphon him resources. How much they had to give up to get him to that spot. That's a really hard way to consistently win, especially when you've got the Ku Tigers in your group who had their game against Pain Gaming today. And, you know, Payne really, they, they went after our heartstrings with that beautiful <laughs> five-man invade in the first oh, minute. gorgeous. It was so, like, literally, you messaged me, I love League of Legends. That was, that was your message. It was so, I mean, like, like, I could tell you meant it. Like, that's, that's why we love this game. And then it just kind of fell downhill from there. I mean, we knew they were going to lose, but at least they made it entertaining for five minutes, yeah. 10 minutes, 15 minutes, honestly. Like, they really made it entertaining until... Uh, da, 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 da. let me see. Let me. They see, were down three thousand gold by the fifteen minute mark. I'd say. Okay. When yeah. Once once Darius started getting killed by by uh, Hojin. Yeah. Once he there is a, a yeah so a three zero trade at uh fourteen minutes that happened that that was like that was it that was the nail in the coffin that's when it stopped being fun yeah. to watch and then we started seeing those three uh. 
those three kill ganks happen over and over and over again. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, they made up the great point how this was a team that was, while everyone else was scrimming in Korea all against each other and against all these other top-tier Korean teams, pain was in Europe. They were scrimming against EU challenger teams. That's a very different quality of opponent. You know, you can have this early game cheese and snowball from there against those kind of teams. But, you know, Ku wasn't going to panic. Ku wasn't going to go, oh, well, we need to divert all these resources here. And it really did look like Pain Gaming said, awesome, we got that bot lane tower after that great teleport gang from Mylon. Now what? <laughs> and they just never came up with an answer. Their answer was to keep having Mylon overextend into these three-man ganks. And that's... I, I got to tell you, uh, Payne, I don't think that's the answer for you guys. And it, it just – it struck me very much in, in what Emily Rand said when she was on the pod uh, a couple days ago, just how they just – Payne as a, as a whole has always struggled with playing the map. Their right. macro strategy has always been a problem for them. And I think this was the perfect example of how much of a problem this macro strategy is for this team. They just never pinned down – when they were up three kills to one and they actually had a gold lead in this game, well, what do we do next? And Ku knew exactly what to do. What, what, are, what were your thoughts on Ku after this game? When Just seeing the way that I, they just methodically came through. I thought Ku made some very uh, obvious mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought there were times that they, obviously getting, like, you know, Two, two for one, losing that bottom tower. Like against a better team, they're going to be punished for losing that tower. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to be punished for not knowing how to deal with these like four v zero pushes. Like I did, they not watch the LOL event vods Reddit like replay of all of season four. Like, come on, guys! Like there's the blueprint that they were using right there. It was last season. It was a year ago. Like that's what the the. That's what Payne did to them. Mm-hmm. Um, as good as their scores look, as well and methodical, and everybody's going to be gushing that they played very well, there were definitely mistakes that a better team, not maybe not in maybe not in this group because this group is not very good. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to say that this group looks really really poor, mm-hmm. as, with as poor as Flash Wolves and, and CLG played today. Mm-hmm. This group looks really really poor. They're probably going to breeze their way through this group. Mm-hmm. And against an EDG, against an SKT, against a Fnatic, like, they're going to get punished hard. Yeah. and that's So they really saying. need to clean it up. That's something people were saying going into this whole thing. Uh, this was a Koo Tigers team that people didn't necessarily expect a lot of once you got out of this group. But I think you're right in that of the teams in this group, they certainly looked the cleanest. They looked like they actually had a plan uh, from Team from picks and bans all the way through the game, and they played the composition the way it was meant to, which is something you can't say about every team that we saw today. So I will give them that. Uh, they're playing Ku, Clash Wolves. Ku should be very glad that they are not in KT's spot. Because oh if they were God. in the spot that KT was in, they would not They would not be making it out of the group. No. And that's and that's what I'm banking on for, for TSM, is that KT is in the same kind of boat that, uh, that Ku is. We'll, we'll see for sure. Uh, <laughs> I, I happen to think a little bit more highly of KT than that, but we will find out tomorrow for for sure. This is Flash Wolves versus Koo, uh, first game of tomorrow for Group A. What are you looking for from the Flash Wolves? What are some things that they can fix that can maybe give them a shot against this Koo Tigers team that, while looking like the best so far, like you said, does have some flaws in them? 
actually put Karsan on, a, on an aggressive playmaking jungler, not a utility jungler, mm-hmm. uh, actually create a decent composition. I liked the Echo. I liked what they were trying to do. But li- like you said, it was just like, it's not, uh, they could have played Azir instead of Echo and, and accomplished the same thing that the Echo was kind of accomplishing in their team composition. Absolutely. Uh, they could have gone, if they wanted more damage, which they kind of needed more damage, they could have gone Victor. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I understand what they were trying to do with the Echo. I think it was trying to be like a little cheesy pick and just be like, maybe they won't expect this. Like, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, like, okay, you tried something cute. You're not, you know, to try and throw CLG on tilt and maybe beat them. It didn't work. Now you're playing against Koo. There's no chance in hell that you're going to be getting Koo, you know, tilted with some weird pick. No chance in hell. So I would just, you know, try and come up with a very, very simple, straightforward plan and and just go at them and try and force Hojin off of a playmaking jungler off of the Elise and off of the uh, off the Elise in. You know, maybe that means he goes to Nidalee, and I'd rather deal with an Nidalee than a Lee or a uh, or an Elise right now. At least they, at least Nidalee doesn't have hard crowd control. How about this? First pick the Lee in. We know Hojin's really good at it. He used to be named Lee for you know. Come on, like we know this is something he's good at. Uh, yeah, I mean and their first what? pick. Cars is good at it. Yeah, just do it. Just do it. I, I'm okay. Fight. I'm okay with banning the banning the Elise and going with Lee in. Like I, I honestly, that's a probably a smart idea, but. It's just going to be don't don't be cutesy. Just play your game and yeah. go at them. I'm going to be interested to see if the LMS can redeem themselves over the next couple of days. This is, I think, a hard place to do it because, again, the Koo Tigers just look like, while they're not the best Korean team by any means, they look like mm-hmm. a Korean team, which uh, should be enough in this kind of matchup. But, you know, who knows? The Flash Wolves problems seem to be more in terms of, uh, you know, team coordination and picks and bans. And these are things that are... Sometimes easy flaws to fix if they can look back at the tape from the day and see the kind of things that other people were doing. Uh, where do you think the line is for this game? Well, let, let me just grade Flash Wolf's performance today. Okay. I think they were like a medium well done. Okay. You no, know, like it, it's you know it, like a medium well done steak. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it's just it's just not quite there. It's just a little bit overcooked. It's it's mm. it's it's palatable. Like you can eat it, but like. You want some extra, like, steak sauce on it? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm a medium-rare guy myself. I, exactly. Okay. Exactly. If there, if I can't see blood, like, I don't want it. It just doesn't seem like a steak to me. I agree <laughs> with you on this. We're, we're going to have to save this for the steak barbecue <laughs> podcast. Uh, that'll come up. We'll definitely do one of those at some point. But until then... I'm writing that down for next time. I mean, we, well, I, guess, I mean, I guess this is a game all about steak, so... It, it does work itself out. What uh, the odds? Uh, minus two seventy-five. Coup. Ah, you get this one. Oh Ooh. man. Okay, you're you're one away from tying me for this week. Did I nail it? Uh, no. I oh, okay. said minus four hundred. It is minus three thirteen. Okay. Which I think is fair. I think it's pretty fair. Yeah, I, I don't think that Coup Tigers were so dominant that we should, you know, start anointing them as being massive, mm-hmm. massive favorites against some of the other teams in the in this yeah. group. Uh, meanwhile, I guess, you know, some credit to Flash Wolves for almost winning that game. Uh, yeah. It'll be very interesting to see if they can pick a composition that gives them more of a shot. Now we have CLG versus Pain Gaming. You know, again, we're going to take this Western perspective, as I've been asking you to do this whole time. What does CLG have to do to make sure that they don't fall victim to some of these Pain Gaming hijinks? 
Um, hit some hit your skill shots throughout the entire course of the game, please. Mm. Uh, X Mithy. Like I get, I get that the early that the beginning of the game is really important, and I get that the end of the game is really important. And if you can hit two skill shots that bookend that, you can win a game. Let's let's start hitting the ones in the middle, please. Like I feel like we're going to be seeing a lot of Elise and Lee Sin out of you, and like their two primary abilities are skill shots. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to hit those, dude. So let, let's work on those. I know you're having flashbacks to the Sejuani Ultimates. I get that they're smaller skill shots, but they aren't. They can be as impactful as the Sejuani Ultimate. But if you miss them, it's not that big of a deal. It's like a five second cooldown. So let's let's just like let's just start practicing, getting those nailed down, and I, I think you'll be fine. Um, for the rest of these, uh, for the rest of CLG, okay, Paul Belter, we figured out which one champion you practiced. Guess which, guess which champion you're not going to get to play the rest of groups. Yeah. So, can you play Azir? Can you play Victor? Like, what's next? Are we just going to see you on Orianna? Like, I... His champion pool really scares me, and I need to see him play something else. Uh, I don't think he's going to Assassins. Like, I don't think we're going to see a LeBlanc or an Echo out of him. Well, remember, think... he was the best ZNA at one point in time. I, we are... No. Not with this team. <laughs> not with this team. We're gonna, he's he's going to be on Lulu, Orianna, Victor, and Azir, and that's it. Yeah. If, I see, if we see him on any other champion, I'd be surprised. Like, I would actually be surprised. Yeah. Um, and if you're going to put Zion Spartan on Darius, if he uses Flash, make sure he gets a kill. Yeah. If not, you got to camp him and, you know, protect him until he gets his Flash back because I guarantee, maybe not maybe not Pain, but when they play against Hojin, Hojin's just going to go after him yeah. time after time for five minutes until his Flash comes back. It, so. it could be an issue. But yeah, against Pain, it'll be interesting to see. I don't think Mylon's going to be... I was about to say, I don't think Mylon's going to be as big of a threat as Steak, but he probably can be. Uh, that actually wouldn't surprise me too much. Yeah. Um, it'll be it'll be Kami. You know, you would think that Kami would be someone you could target. Kami was, Kami was impressive. He did not. I'm going to say that. He, was, he, he, he didn't, like, he didn't carry, he didn't make any flashy plays to get kills, mm-hmm. but he did, like, the same thing that Faker did. Mm-hmm. He, like, he had really, like, nice escapes, and, like, he tried to set some stuff up, and you could just tell that the rest of his team wasn't quite there with him, so. You know there is some Brazilian fan out there who just heard you compare Kami to Faker, and is just through the moon ecstatic, yes, he's right? the Brazilian faker. Does that make, <laughs> do you feel better now? There you go. He's the Brazilian faker. <laughs> Give me a break. Well, yes, I'm, just, I'm, I'm comparing the play styles, not the like quality of the play style. Wow. Let me put it that way. Wow. I was not expecting such anger from that. I was, let, let me, I was let me, just saying that you were going to make some Brazilian fan very happy. Let me, put it, let me put it this way. Faker is like a 1969 Mustang convertible. And Kami, while he's still a Mustang, is like a 1982. Mm. There, there's just no comparing I Same will, style, but no comparison. I will assume that you are correct in that comparison because <laughs> I know nothing about cars, but I'm, I'm sure you're right. Uh, what do you think the line is for this game? I really wasn't expecting that. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. Like I, I'm just trying to protect myself because, like, maybe, maybe Shakers, Shakers. I, yeah. I'm totally butchering his name. Shakers. Maybe he, yeah, maybe he listens to this and is like, why? Kami is not nearly that good. Like, what are you talking about? I'm I'm just protecting myself here in case that Brazilian fan comes and like says that. I'm be like, no, 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 no. This is what I meant. Okay, that's that's fine, man. You are protected. You are safe. <laughs> you're you're in the comfort of your own podcast. You don't have to worry about a thing. 
<laughs> Where do you think the line is for this game? Um, I think it's CLG minus 375. You get this one. We're going to tie today. Woo! So uh, I said minus 600 because I didn't think like – yeah, I thought that was yeah, that is apparently way too high. But I just thought, you know, the Koo Tigers were minus eight hundred. I don't think CLG's quite that good, but they still won today. You'd think they'd get something. It's minus three twenty three. What was what was the other group? Or what was the other game? The the Flash Wolves game. The Flash Wolves, it's minus three thirteen. Yeah. So okay. CLG is that's not a huge difference. I, I just think that there's because the inconsistency is that these player that this these four teams have over the course of like the last year, mm-hmm. I think these lines are gonna be closer just because of that. Because like anything can happen. Yeah. And I, I think that the, the casino that Unicorn is living up is 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 munching on some of the, the pain and some of the Flash Wolves hype that's been built up by analysts and pundits and casters and obscura. Like, everybody. So uh, I think these lines will probably remain close for this week, and then next week they'll probably stretch out a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I, you were apparently right, so I got to give you that. Um, I mean, I did go 3-0 today on my bets, so. Yeah, your bets are on fire. You've now come back and, uh, and taken a game <laughs> off the Guest Alliance Challenge, so things are going your way. And you'll have to come back tomorrow to see if things keep going Walter's way. Uh, we will be back at 5 p.m. Uh, PST, just like we were today. Uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying the pod. If you are, please, you can uh, reach out to me on Twitter at, at RedshirtKing. And where can they find you, Walter? At C80s underscore LOL. That is C-E-A-D-E-S underscore LOL. Yep, and we are basically live tweeting all of these games because we're going to be watching all of them so that we can then immediately do this podcast for you guys. So I, I wish you guys could see like our Skype logs of us <laughs> going back and forth because there's stuff that we're typing in there that isn't going on Twitter, and it's been, it's been hilarious. Let me, let me see if I can find – like we had to have had something like good in there. Well, we've had several great things in there. I, I made a comment about Stake's power uh, all being in that new hairstyle of his. That, that was a good incredible. one. I like that one. He I is, like that one. It is uh, that is an incredible hairdo. I give him all the credit in the world. He's definitely won the hair competition at this point. <laughs> it was it was me. I my stomach is doing flips during the CLG game. Eh, you only put ten unicorns on it, and, and this is Chase talking. Mm-hmm. Besides, you're a TSM fan. Since when do you sympathize with CLG? My response was, hey, NA Pride. And for those of you who listen to the podcast, you know I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, so his retort is, that'd be like you rooting for the Patriots because AFC East pride. Which apparently so you did at the of, Super Bowl. I, did. Oh, I hate I hate Pete Carroll. I hate Pete Carroll more than I hate Bill Belichick and uh, and Brady. For the record, I totally agree with you. But that's we're going to have to save that for the NFL pod, which will also have to happen. That in the state <laughs> pod. It'll be really hard to prioritize. <laughs> We'll end up making one of them work eventually. Uh, Until then, guys, you have to come back tomorrow. Uh, Until tomorrow. Goodbye, Internet.